the Radical Honesty Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Smith, and I am here alone in the studio except for a singing Grace Bakumi, who you can probably hear a little whiff of in the background. And I am here today to talk to you about a topic of conversation that is near and dear to my heart, and that is serums. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I said it. The topic of serums is near and dear to my heart because, in my opinion, I think Leo oil is a serum. And as such, it is something that provides what I call an active. Now, an active is pretty much what it sounds like, right? It's the thing that acts on the skin. And there are so many different kinds. There are so, so many different kinds of serums that it's impossible for me to talk you through all of them instead. So today, what I want to talk to you about is how to listen to your skin instead. How to listen to your skin, meaning how do I discover which one of the hundreds of thousands of serum options out there is actually going to be the right one for my skin. Now, of course, I'm biased. I'm a big fan of Leo Oil. It's probably my favorite serum besides the Melanie Simon Serum C. And it's something that I came to in an arduous way, right? I had to try so many things. I mean, go to leowithcancer.com and you'll see me trying and reviewing dozens upon dozens, maybe even hundreds of different kinds of treatments and actives and masks and different potions, looking for something that was going to have a real impact on my skin. And looking for something that would not only help me to become the best, most balanced version of myself, but also where every single step in that experience lined up with what I want, was looking for. It needed to feel good on my skin. It needed to smell good. Smell is really important. Like It's on your face. It's right next to your nose. It needed to look good in the packaging because aesthetics are my life. Uh, some of you may know if you follow me at Leah with Cancer on Instagram. And of course, the values of the company had to line up with my personal values. Conservationism, inclusivity, not telling you there's something wrong with you to try and t- sell you something. Those kinds of things um, can really help you narrow in on your options because it does take that pool of hundreds of thousands of options that exist if you go onto Amazon or Etsy or you know walk into a grocery store these days Target beauty section is half the store right but finding the, the one for you is a little bit like dating which is why I feel so unprepared to help you guys because I'm not very good at dating. But what we're dealing with is a situation where you are a person with a unique set of needs. And your potion 
the one that's meant for you, the one that's going to help you find the balance that you're trying to achieve in your skin, that potion is out there somewhere. It is. It exists. It's on the internet or it's on a shelf or it's in someone's head waiting to be made. And the only question is, how are you going to find it? And the way you're going to find it is to try a lot of stuff, babes. Like you guys are just going to try a ton of stuff before you figure out the thing that works for you. And that's what I had to do. And I had to be really clear with myself about what worked and what didn't. And that meant that the most important thing for me with serums wasn't which ones I chose. It was which ones I kept myself from applying because obviously the temptation is there to put all of those delicious creamy dreamy potions onto my face in like paper thin layers I could do nothing else all day you guys I have done nothing else all day you know when I'm not feeling well and I'm in full spoony mode I can just lay in bed with like 14 bottles and every 30 minutes there's like a new layer going on you know and that's it's amazing. My skin clearly has a very high tolerance for being messed with in some ways. Um, you know, I'm very low tolerance for a ton of ingredient that I am familiar with. So as long as I avoid those things, my skin's very happy. But they're common ingredients, things like witch hazel or titanium dioxide. So we're on this journey together. We're trying to find you your perfect serum match. And I am trying to talk you through it. But the only thing that I can do is teach you how to look. I can't tell you what the perfect serum is. I wish I could because I'd be like, Leo oil, bye. And that would be it. And I'd be a kajillionaire and everyone would be happy because I would probably give most of my money away. But I wouldn't be worrying so much about this $1,600 egg freezing bill that is looming over me right now. And the audacious Instagram post that I just posted where I basically was like, here's seven ways to give me money. If you've ever felt like you liked any of my content, please give me 15 cents because 14 cents is <laughs> each one of my followers gave me 14 cents. I wouldn't have to worry about this damn bill. But we're not here to talk about my fiscal woes or my egg freezing or even really dating for that matter. We're here to talk about serums and I'm going to help you figure out what the right serum is for you. Here we go. Step one. Think about the time in your life when your skin was at its happiest and think about what you were doing at that time. Make a list. Ask your mom. Figure out what it was that you were doing in that moment that made your skin its happiest. And then put all those products together and look at them. Look at the ingredient labels, look at the way that they worked together, look at the way that you applied them, what frequency, how often did you use them, did you love them. We all have our nightmares about that, um, you know, St. Ives peach grain scrub that uh, it's like the, the butt of every internet meme in every beauty blogger's uh, Instagram on the planet. But like, we should have known better. That stuff stripped our skin. And then 10 years later, we're like, ooh, here's like a like cuter version made from chemicals. Like, this won't do the same thing. Don't, don't, don't. Like, we have this opportunity, the ability to learn from the past and from our past mistakes. So look at the time when your skin was at its worst. That's step two. And look at what you were doing during that time. Not just what you were putting on your face, but what you were eating, how you were treating yourself emotionally. Look for patterns between 
things that made you feel good, things that made you feel bad, things that made your skin manifest that happiness through balance. And once you have that list, take it to the Google and look at those ingredients and see what all the people who write about beauty on the internet are saying about them. That's where I get all of my recommendations from is other beauty bloggers like me. At this point, I have enough of them that are my friend that I no longer really (sighs) seek that out in the same way. But how do you think I made those friendships? Because we connected around this shared topic of interest, which was beauty blogging. And then they demonstrated to me that I could trust their opinions by making recommendations. And then eventually, when they'd earned my trust, I asked them for help. And to me, that's kind of the trajectory of everything, right? Of dating, of finding serums, etc. So you want to start by dipping your toe in. Step three, you must always spot test. And the reason I say this is because most beauty products have a return policy. Leo Oil has a 100% return policy. If you put it on your skin and you have a reaction to it, you can send it back to me. I, I mean, you won't send it back to me. I'll tell you to give it to someone else and I will give you your money back. Like, it, all Target does it. You can do it with open beauty products at Target, right? Like, most department stores, Sephora, 100%. Like, most of the places where Walgreens, CVS, you can return skincare products. If you're like, this made me break out or I had a bad reaction to this, they would much rather you return it than you sue them. I, for one, live in constant fear of being sued. So... None of the following statements or literally anything I've ever said has ever been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration or anyone else. Just throwing that out there. Um, So back to what we were talking about, which is, of course, um, how to find your serum match. So you've spot tested. How do you spot test? Well, you take a little tiny bit of it and you put it on the back of your hand before bed. Then you wake up in the morning and you look at it. Look at the back of your hand and see what it looks like. And if that worked, then you take a little bit of it and you put it maybe behind the back of your ear, someplace more sensitive, because obviously the face skin is more sensitive. Um, Sometimes I like to test it in like the crook of my elbow or, um, yeah, behind the ear, because honestly, sometimes the crook of the elbow is fine and then I put it on my face and I break out in a rash. But like I have very sensitive skin. I break out in rashes all the time. So spot testing is everything. But also, if you spot test a product, you can pretty much get a sense for how it's going to make your skin feel. But you're not looking for a rash. What you're looking for is how does my skin feel? And that's step four. Pay attention. When you're spot testing, when you're using the product, pay attention to the label on the back and what their dosing instructions are. Or if it's like Leo Oil and it doesn't have any, pay attention to your skin. How does using the product make it feel? Not just feel like when you touch it with your fingers, but also, I mean, yes, that, but also how it feels like the way that we talk about, oh, I washed my face and it felt tight. Or, oh, I put on this mist and I could feel my pores breathing. I mean, that's me being me. But like you have something in your skin 
these nerves, right? And with my neuropathy, I've become very familiar with nerves. For those of you not familiar with neuropathy, neuropathy is nerve damage. In my case, I have peripheral neuropathy caused by chemotherapy, which means that I have nerve damage in my hands and feet. So we have a lot of nerves in our hands and feet, and we have a lot of nerves in our face, too, because it's the nerves in our face that allow us to make facial expressions. That is how we smile. That is how we frown. The nerves not just bring sensation from the skin to the brain, but also from directions from the brain to everything else, muscles, etc. So pay attention. If you want to keep a journal, I mean, my blog is a journal, so obviously I'm a fan of keep a journal because it makes it a lot easier to track your progress and notice patterns, but like also keeping a journal for your skin is ridiculous. So if that's not appealing to you, don't do it. That's, <laughs> that's the name of the game with me, right? If it's not appealing to you, don't do it. Self-care means care of self not doing things that you don't want to do because you think you should. That's the opposite of self-care. So I imagine you're going to go through this process and your skin is going to like some serums and you're going to be like, oh, I like this serum so much, but like, whoo, like maybe I want just like a little bit more of X ingredient that you identified way back in steps one and two, you know, the ones that either make your skin happy or irritate, or I wish I had less of this. That, you know, for me, one of my biggest skincare purges was getting rid of water, which I talked about in episode one. So trying to go through my products, see which ones had water as an ingredient, and getting rid of them really helped my skin. So thinking really critically every time, and not just about each serum individually, but really looking at your whole skincare routine as a whole. How many products are you using? Do those products have overlapping ingredients? Can you be saving money by not overlapping in those ingredients? etc. Now, of course, I have a many-step skincare routine, and people probably think I sound like a little bit of a hypocrite right now, which is fine. You can think whatever you want about me. I don't care. Um, but the truth is that any one of these things that I have now, when I take them away, I notice a difference in my skin. And that is honestly the only way to really tell if something is working. If your skin is looking great, and then you stop using it, and your skin doesn't look as great anymore. And I've done that with every single product I recommend. I've not only used it, but then I've stopped using it to make sure that it wasn't one of the other five products I was using that was causing the change in my skin or something like my mood or how much water I've been drinking, how often I've been going to be able to make it to the gym or whatever. So that's it. That is how you find yourself your perfect serum match. Now, I wish that the same was true of dating, but as we know, I'm terrible at that. So instead, let's talk a little bit more about some of the serum ingredients that people prefer. These are things that people <laughs> might be familiar with, maybe not, but I'm not going to spend a ton of time on them because I've written about them extensively on the blog, and instead, I'm going to ask you to go there and do some homework some reading, because I'm pretty proud of all of those blog posts I wrote, and I'm really hoping that this all becomes a totally integrated experience in between the blog post and my Instagram stories. I like doing my skincare with you guys, and sometimes when I don't want to wash my face and do my skincare, I think, no, I have to, because other people 
wash their face and do their skincare because I remind them to in my stories. And if I don't do it, then they won't do it. And I definitely treat other people way better than I treat myself sometimes. So that said, my my favorite skincare ingredients for serums, number one, is Retin-A. Retin-A is contentious because we do, in fact, overuse it. And I once read an article, which I will try and find, it was in Man Repeller, about how if you're between the ages of 20 and 30, you really only need to be using the retinol maybe once or twice a week. You know, and then in your 30s, you want to step up and use it three or four times a week. Still not seven days a week. In fact, maybe never seven days a week. And so that had an impact on me because at the time I was a daily retinol user and it was a prescription retinol so it was super strong and since then I've switched to a very gentle retinol um, which is by a brand called Versed which some of you may be familiar with I do have a great amazing brand creator partnership with them I am one of their ambassadors so um you have your serum and your serum has its active in it and the active is usually targeting some of the more dramatic skin concerns so if your concern is scarring or discoloration retin-a is great for that if your concern is acne retin-a is great for that because it improves cellular turnover so it helps the skin clear itself out so this is one of the the things that goes back to when I was talking about mechanism of action, right? The mechanism of action of a topical retin-A is just to promote healthy cellular turnover. And so it's not taking over necessarily. I mean, you can over-exfoliate. You can over-stimulate the process and over-exfoliate and cleanse your skin, and that will cause dryness and all kinds of other bad things. But kill your lipid layer, kill your biome. But you also have to kind of think about what do I want my skin to be able to do on its own you know and what does it need help with so for me I tend to use you know the retinol for cellular turnover and to help with acne and fine lines and wrinkles and aging and elasticity and everything that benefits from increasing cellular turnover because as you age cellular turnover slows down right that in case that wasn't clear cellular turnover is what causes aging it causes the skin to lose its elasticity and wrinkles and pores to become exaggerated and it also allows for these blockages that cause acne and adult acne so retinol is an ingredient you cannot use when you're pregnant because vitamin a in high doses does have an impact on fetuses and that can make some people including me at some points averse to using it because if you can't use it when you're pregnant is it really safe for you to use at the end of the day i always end up going back to it though because i love how it works and i love how it makes my skin look so it's really a personal choice it's up to you about whether or not you want to use a retinol if you want a more natural and therefore more appealing option to some people, vitamin C is also great for discoloration. It's great for fine lines and wrinkles. It's great for elasticity. The reason is because it's a powerful antioxidant. It prevents damage from oxidation caused by things like sun pollution. Um, I don't know, stress, your ex-boyfriend, whatever. Things that we inevitably have to encounter. And there have been some really interesting studies that have found that using, vitam using vitamin C under your sunscreen actually improves the efficacy of the sunscreen. 
that was really when I started getting super crazy into vitamin C, by the way. But of course, it also is responsible for that kind of evasive concept that is quote unquote glow. Vitamin C is really good for glow. Another serum ingredient that I'm a big fan of is niacinamide. But with niacinamide, um, it's important to remember three things. One, it's a very powerful anti-inflammatory. It works best when it's paired with zinc. A lot of times you'll find the niacinamide serums already have zinc in them. And there's complex molecular chemistry things that I don't even really understand, let alone possess the ability to explain. But you cannot use niacinamide in the same skincare moment. I don't know how to describe it. At the same time, I think... The shortest amount of time I've ever waited in between applying the two was 15 minutes, and I got a little bit of niacin flush. Now, what is niacin flush? Niacin flush is created by the niacinamide and the vitamin C breaking down to turn into niacin, which causes the skin to flush bright red. And niacin comes up in other ways. Um, I like really want to Google it right now, but I'm not going to. I'll I'll put a pin in it and do it later. So niacinamide and vitamin C can't be used together. People who use both usually split them like vitamin C during the day so that it boosts the sunscreen and the niacinamide at night. Um, It's very anti-inflammatory, very healing. It's good for acne. It's good for post-acne scarring. Um, It's also a really common ingredient in Japanese skin sheet masks and Korean skin sheet masks. And if you look, you'll find niacinamide on the ingredient label for a lot of them that have to do with healing, soothing, brightening, whitening. Now, whitening doesn't necessarily mean lightening in the case of some Asian beauty. In some cases, it does. But in some cases, whitening just refers to brightening. Brightening and whitening are sort of used interchangeably in their cosmetic world. And so niacinamide is definitely a brightening agent. It brightens the skin texture. It helps healing. It decreases inflammation. But it isn't lightening like a hydroquinine, which I do not recommend for anyone because it has some really scary reproductive toxicity and like potentially carcinogenic issues. Although I have used it. I used it for three years when I was on chemo and I'm a little scared of it to be perfectly honest. It works. Use it if you need to. So the last sunscreen ingredient, not sunscreen ingredient, the last serum ingredient that I tend to be a really big fan of is resveratrol and peptides. And resveratrol is a form of antioxidant. It's very powerful. It's found in grapes. So for those of you familiar, you're thinking grapes like Bittner's daughter. No one really knows what's in Bittner's daughter, but I would put money on there being a naturally occurring source of resveratrol in that first press oil that they use. Um, I personally get it from a Versed serum. Um, Peptides are sort of the blockchains that skin builds from, um, and they help feed the lipid layer. They help keep a happy biome. They help puff and nourish those pillowy skin cells Um, and of course um, they tend to be naturally occurring together so you tend to find resveratrol and peptides together 
in a lot of different formulations. I really like both of those ingredients. I also love like a peptide moisturizing cream. We'll get to moisturizers and hydrators on another day. I hope that that was helpful for you guys and that you are well on your way to finding your perfect serum match. I'm going to end today's episode with a call for advertisers. Are you interested in representing yourself on the Radical Honesty podcast? Do you want to be a part of the movement, as Ivy Coco and Emily May called it yesterday? Please slide into those DMs because I am happy to have you. I would love to continue producing the Radical Honesty podcast for you guys. I would love to continue to mentor you on your skincare and self-love journey, but I do need help to do that. So if you love the podcast, you can find me on Patreon at Leo with Cancer. You can also find me on Instagram at Leo with Cancer, and you can find me online at leowithcancer.com. That's also where I'll be posting any relevant links for anything that I mentioned in this episode. And last, but definitely not least, you can find me on Spotify. Let's just look for the Radical Honesty Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, babies. Bye.